0: Rainy in the city of Montreal this morning as well. Although, who has a loser's parade the day after? If you could cobble it together, it would be a perfect. I, if you're going to have a loser's parade, have a loser's parade in the rain, I say. Doesn't that make sense?
1: Man, I woke up this morning and it was like a Disney movie. Birds were flying up to my window, landing on my hands. And uh, little <laughs> squirrels were coming up. And I was dancing. <laughs> I was singing songs. Yeah. It's a beautiful day. And I was just all the forest creatures and critters ra- gathered around me, doing a little dance, doing little spins. Sun was shining. It's like, hey, Mr. Bunkus. I was like, hey, Mr. Sun. The sun has risen. Feeling good today. Oh, feels so good. Feels so good. It's over. Thank God it's over. This Doing these shows. As the Montreal Canadiens had just been cruising and winning these games. It's a low light in my career. I've got to say, it sucked. There were times... They would win some games, and I would just sit there thinking, can I take vacation? Can I please just have a vacation day? I kept thinking about faking sick days and just not doing this so I wouldn't have to watch any more Canadiens games. And, ugh... Thank you. Thank you, Tampa Bay Lightning. Who I like I think I'm almost a fan of the Tampa Bay Lightning now. Sure. Like I, I don't know. I might just hang up the leaf stuff and just root for Tampa and just yeah. say that's they employed, up, Nikita, you know?
0: they employed Nikita. Kucherov. Of right. course. Of course we're all in on the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're the team that defines this era. They're the best team of this generation. Mm. A couple of years ago, it was the Blackhawks and the Penguins had a good run there, and then. No, you know, I was gonna say th-
1: don't. The Penguins went back to back. That's and they've had yeah. Sid. I, I'm. There's actually I'm, been
0: four like the the idea that this is impossible in the salary cap era to have a dynastic teams. There's been four teams since the salary cap that have won multiple cups.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't view back to back as a dynasty. I I know that this is such a lame sports radio topic, so I don't even want to stick with it. Yeah. But. I I don't view it that way. I I really feel as though sports dynasties you gotta extend it, like you gotta have multiple championships over a decade. A, over a decade. decade. Yeah, yep. like that's it. So you and you don't have to win like back to back or this or that, no. but you you gotta be you gotta one be of there. the yeah. You gotta be there for ten years. You you gotta be there multiple times. Like I actually view, you know, the Bulls. That's a dynasty, right? Well. Well, I'm just saying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to come up with teams that like come front and center with it. The, it's like going back. The Detroit
0: Red Wings had That's a dynasty. dynasty. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Detroit Red Wings have Black, a dynasty. That Blackhawks team dynasty, I think. <laughs> oh wow!
1: No, not on the dynasty train for the Blackhawks. It's oh, it, it, it fizzled a high, out too fast. High bar. You have People a high were trying bar to dynasty. give dynasty status to the Kings. I don't do that.
0: No. 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 Just like. Too. But uh, the Blackhawks had. Yeah, they had three in five years.
1: Yeah, still not a dynasty. That's what I mean. It was five years. <laughs> okay. It's a rocket ship. It was amazing. What? Why does everything have to be a dynasty? Like, why can't that be <laughs> <We're> reserved <doing. laughs> for teams like the Montreal Canadiens? Like, okay. you know that that's 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 just how I view it. Anyway, I think it's lame. And if you okay. want to call your Blackhawks teams a dynasty, then I'm not <laughs> going to sit there across the room and be like, actually,
0: the, I mean, you just um, kind of did that. You just did sir- that, sir.
1: You were just uh, doing that. You yeah, doing on my it. show, I just gave you my opinion that I want to move off because it's dorky and I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I'm That's my in inner game. voice when I talk about dynasties. <laughs> sir, I know <laughs> you Blackhawks fans enjoyed those wins, uh-huh. but <laughs> not quite long enough for me, sir. Mm. <laughs> Lame. Brutal guy. Anyway, Habs lose. Habs lose. Habs lose. I don't even view it as. Bolts win. It's just halves lose. That's how I feel. So great. So great. So unbelievably great. Just nothing from them, basically, the whole series. And then Nikita Kucherov dances on their graves in the most glorious way ever, and I loved that so much.
0: Classless that... trending on Twitter today, by the way. Nikita Buddy, Kucherov. Do you
1: know why? <laughs> because Do you know why that's trending? Two reasons. There's this, we'll go, oh, God, I hate that we're doing this now, too. You're making me do all the tropes. Number one is that... Habs fans are sour right now, as they should be. If you're a real fan of your team, you're just sour. And so some people are going to react in a way that's probably not their true selves when they even wake up this morning or a day from now. So when they see Nikita Kucherov in the moment, say that Habs fans celebrated like they've won the Stanley Cup, they're going to have the defense mechanism of, you don't know what it's like to play in front of real fans and you're classless. And then the next day they go, you know, that guy just won a Stanley Cup and had like eight beers in an hour. He is just having a good time and taking a shot back at fans that took shots at him. Seems pretty much like that's what sports are. And yeah. number two is that there's a segment of the population, some that are involved in sports directly. And you and I have talked about this at nauseum, who like to be around the fringes of sports but don't actually like sports. What they actually like is trying to dunk on sports constantly and be like, this is what's wrong with sports. And you're like, yeah. okay. Like, this is what's wrong with the games you love. And, no, don't celebrate someone playing through an injury. And, no, don't celebrate uh, anything to do with this sport. What we really want is for sports to change into an entity that is completely different from everything that all the sports fans have loved. That's what we hope for. And so who cares about that stuff? What I care about is the thing you mentioned, is that Tampa, if we lived in a world where hockey had a brain – could be a dynasty Mm -hmm. we could be looking at a team that is building something dynastic and part of me believes that maybe we're doing the whole like john cooper on the ice said that one of the big motivating factors for those guys was they knew the group wouldn't be together next year right Mm -hmm. they said don't go out like this don't let this end we want to keep this team together we don't want this to end early so there's definitely an element to this that's true they're going to lose guys every team loses guys but it seems a little over-reactionary considering, is, is Hedman gone? Is he one of the guys gone? No. Is Vasilevsky, the guy with shutouts and five straight elimination games, gone? No, he's still here? Okay, that's cool. Kucherov, he's going anywhere? No, he's still going to be here. Braden Point, he's still going to be on the team? Right, Right on, right on. They have a great core, and I do believe that they're going to be able to find some pieces around it. It hasn't worked out before, right? They've had those disappointments to Columbus and we've really seen what depth can do to a hockey team and it's something that I'm going to continue to have as a hobby horse here throughout the postseason, Or sorry, the post-season, right? The off-season, Whoa. otherwise known as. <laughs> the people who know what sports are. To uh-huh. people who know what sports Whoa. are. <laughs> but I've, I can't believe how mad I feel about the Bolts having to break up. And how everyone that looked at Tampa Bay as the team that circumvented the cap as some type of villainous behavior and not something that's admirable and not something that you would hope for desperately and not something that, first of all, no Leaf fan worth their salt should ever complain because that's basically all they were ever doing with stuff like the David Clarkson contract, right? Yeah. Like, Joffrey this Leopold is not, was this is not new, right? Yeah, Joffrey there. Lupo, Boschman Island, like, uh, all these things. Mm-hmm. So, I don't care that Tampa did it this way. If anything, that's all I want is for a team to be as smart as possible and have ownership that says, we'll spend as much money as we possibly can. But I was left with the feeling of, we just watched this low-event hockey game where Montreal... Okay, they deserved to be there, right? Uh-huh. But also they didn't. Like, they won their games. They were resilient and they were scrappy and they were tough. You know what I don't want in my finals? Resilient, scrappy, tough teams The only. Like, got to have a little bit more than what those guys had. And it was clear that if they weren't going to get Carey Price playing like 970 save Kerry Price, that they were no shot in that thing. It was over in five and it could have been over in four and it should have been over in four. You're going to see more teams like them and like the Dallas Stars last year in the Stanley Cup Finals year over year over year because this is the league that has been created with the salary cap. This is it. You're going to have less. I kept thinking like I I always do this bit about how if you're an Oilers fan, you should still be happy because you have Connor McDavid and the best players always win and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if that's going to continue the same way in a salary cap era. It's already been done. Sid won. Ovi ended up winning. Mm-hmm. Those guys got some breaks. But the idea of just having mediocre teams that aren't special or non-memorable. Can you tell me who was on the Stars last year, sir? Can anybody? Oh, can, can can someone go through the roster of last year's Stanley Cup appearance Dallas Stars and tell me 10 players on their team that's a casual and not a Stars But. That's what we're going to keep getting here. And I don't know why the NHL wouldn't look at Tampa Bay and say, actually, you know what we should probably have? Teams that are really damn good. Teams that are special. Teams where everybody knows the players on the team. That the casuals, the outsiders know who's on this group. Make it feel that way. And I'm too stupid to be able to explain this properly. But how the NBA's system doesn't work here boggles the mind. Luxury tax. Repeater tax. You can go into the luxury. You pay down to the I other teams like for, the yeah. Floridas that don't spend so, the money. You stay in the luxury tax. Yeah. You get hit with repeater fines that hurt so much that even teams like MLS, MLSE, will say, Yeah, we can't pay this again this year. Not if we're not going to win a Stanley Cup. We've got to roll this over and drop this down a little bit. I, I don't know <laughs> why we're not better off if we don't uh, live in a league like that.
2: Well, we're
0: better off because we enjoy the product. We're not. No, everyone. Players, in this, in the cage. fans. Here's what it does is it... Gives these owners, these billionaire owners, cost certainty, right? Like, they don't want to be pressured. They don't want this to be a conversation amongst their fans. Well, why aren't you paying uh, exorbitant but they amounts should. of they money? They should,
1: because they're gatekeepers for these leagues, and it's yeah. embarrassing that we just yeah. let them off the hook with, well, so the billionaires don't want to spend any money, so it's <laughs> just, it is what it is.
0: You're a cutie You're a cutie I am well, a the old, Thank the you. old, <laughs> the old gatekeepers who are like, let's destroy an entire year of this yeah. league's existence and maybe sewer the sport forever. And then, like, only a a couple of years later also chopped the season in half yeah no the old gatekeepers are thinking about keeping the the sport as pristine and as good as possible Do you see no. that
1: the u.s is all out of afghanistan now like they've been there for 20 years and <laughs> Wait, biden said hard hey department. no 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 this is where i'm going with this <laughs> biden said hey you know what we've been here 20 years i'm not passing this to a sixth president or how many ever pre- i think it's six and now they're out and the whole thing is well what was it all for right yeah. And that's probably what the owners are thinking right now if they scrap the season and then they go back to a salary cap. But again, no I don't, or no yeah. salary cap. Just they just fought for the something question. so important to them. This.
0: I'm with you, and it's an easy argument to make because I'm – I agree. If I had a billion dollars, I'd be willing to spend to the luxury tax.
1: Vote I me. In a no, zone. you wouldn't. You would. That was a bold-faced lie. If you were a billionaire, you'd be, be a meldic? recluse, and oh, you'd I'd never so spend meldic. your money. And people oh, yeah. would go to your house and be like, this guy's a billionaire. I mean, this house is <laughs> nice. It's not that nice. Uh, he has two cars? Yeah.
0: So, uh, obviously, yes. The, the National Hockey League is a much better. I mean – we're paying attention to this lightning team everybody knows blake coleman barkley Goodrow, and and we have a sense mm-hmm. of the storylines then the through line through this team and the disappointment of 2019 and yeah. 120 some odd points and the sweep and then that you know what they totally remade the face of their well they're going to go back to that which is maybe not the worst thing in the world right like we think about how much that third line defines this era and the stanley cup champion tampa bay lightning well They're just going to have to go back to the team that won a (laughs) a record number of games and had 126 points during the regular season. And yeah, got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets, also ran into a hot goalie, and Victor Hedman was hurt through that entire series. So maybe you're right. Maybe not all is lost for for the Lightning, and no doubt they're going to have some some moves that they can make, including Tyler Johnson, getting that $5 bucks off the books. But uh, Yeah, the
1: only thing is, though, is like, Tyler Johnson had really good games for them, and it's part of why they're special is because they have Tyler Johnson yep. down the and, lineup who can play up. And, and the you Kalorn say, hey,
0: gets hurt, and yeah, here, yeah, you've got depth.
1: 100%. Imagine another team losing a Kalorn in a cup finals. Can't. And how can't big happen. a story it well, would but be. But that's,
0: that's, again, back Tampa, to 2019. Was like, hey, Kucherov was, was hurt too, right? Kucherov was you know, hurt, and they had no depth.
1: I... I was ready, if the Habs won last night, to be like, this Kalorn story is a lot bigger than people are making it out to be. Well, especially like the, power was... play,
0: right? like know, so the power play, right? I know, but I was so ready. the power play, and Like, Sorelli's playing in front of the net, <laughs> and they can't score on the power play. What's going on? It's all Kalorn. I'm just on? such, a sore, loser. Yeah, I'm just such a sore loser. They play the like, team uh... without John Tavares, no Mark Scheifele, yeah. uh, <laughs> no like Stevenson, and no Kalorn.
1: Yeah, Kudrov's hurt, no Kalorn. Asterix. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Leading that charge out of it down there in uh, Montreal, just like leading that that charge. So I don't want to be overly dramatic about it because other teams will emerge. We're going to have other special hockey teams in our lifetime. I just don't like the idea of having to wait years for them to assemble and then when they do get together, knowing that – the permanence is you know so short what
0: (laughs) i'm gonna bring it back to the leafs yeah you gotta win when you have a chance to win like when you when you can fit the pieces together in a way that Mm -hmm. maximizes your talent you better break through like the tampa bay lightning did after 2019 after acquiring those pieces for first round picks uh Mm -hmm. going into the the bubble and then this year you better win Mm-hmm. because if you don't, you're a top-heavy team like the Blackhawks, who've won all those Cups since uh, Kane and Taves signed those $10 million-plus deals. Oh, wait, no, they haven't done anything. Oh, like the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have uh, Pierre Engvall centering a mm-hmm. third line that's centered by Yanni Gord, who's a 20-goal goal scorer.
1: Yeah. Leafs tried to trot out a guy who hadn't played all year to be on their third line at the beginning of the playoffs. They yeah. thought this is the best option that we have here, depth-wise. This is the one with the highest ceiling. The guy who does nothing other than yeah. stick check. Yeah, hurt, he's amazing at stick checks. <laughs> hurt, he's gonna hurt, stick Phil check to no.
0: Yeah. Yeah. no. but super hurt and worse. Right,
1: exactly. <laughs> he's the guy that was supposed to eat the pizza here. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to bring this back to Leafs right now. This, I, this depressed me. Made me go through this whole thing. There's two. I'll say this. There's reason to be more optimistic about the Leafs because the league is going to want to keep it flat. And any time a good team like Tampa, who's supposed to be in Toronto's division, that's supposed to be dominant for a long period of time, arises, the league will strip it down and say, don't worry, Toronto fans, even though your team isn't that good, you have a shot because anybody can win this thing. What we want is for the expansion team to show up, take all the riffraff and almost go win and still be in you know, conference finals year over year over year and not have that be a wake-up call to the other owners saying, hey, um, that's good that they're getting ROI right away, especially when it comes to winning. But also, um, maybe also it's not the best. Maybe we shouldn't have that happen right away. That's probably a thing. Maybe if there was a luxury tax or something else, like a competitive advantage you could give to some teams that are built properly, just give them bird rights. like The NBA – Say what you will. It's like the wrong league with the right setup because too many guys want to leave anyways, right? Like too That's many right. guys are just like, kids. oh, I I didn't win one year here. Oh, well, no. then I hate it here, and I want to go there, and I want to leave, and I want to blow it up, and I want to go play with now Jason Tatum. Who knows? I'm going to go USA Basketball, plot my next move, and then I'm out of here, and I'll sewer all my fans. But the actual cap system they have, like the Raptors were going to be able to keep the 2019 together, team together if Kawhi wanted to stay. There would That's be no right. problem. They would have kept everybody. They would have paid money.
0: The Warriors had like a $300 million payroll. because right. They just kept rolling that roster over year after year after year. And they're
1: still doing it. They're like, yep. it's fine. we got 33-year-old Steph Curry. We know this is going to be happen one time ever, so let's keep yep. it going. And if the Tampa Bay Lightning were afforded the same position, they would be saying, hey, we've got lightning in a bottle here. we got the best goalie on the planet, the best defenseman on the planet, and two of the best what? seven, eight forwards on the planet. Let's just right. keep this going and spend around the the periphery and keep winning. And the NHL's like, no, no, we will not allow it. We do not want Tilting this.
0: At, at windmills, though, because it's just it's never going to happen. Fine. It's never going to happen.
1: I don't. Sorry. That's what. What do you think this is? What do you think it is we what? do for a living?
0: Talk about things that are never going to happen.
1: Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> wait, no,
0: no. I like to talk yeah. about things that do happen. No, it could we, happen.
1: We're, this could be the show. Would be just called hot air. <laughs> Like, <laughs> hot air with two correct. dumb guys, and yeah. nothing would be different. This is not a serious program. Mm. <laughs> it's, I'm it's allowed the to – what's the saying? Tilt at windmills?
0: Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I've never
1: heard that before. I get it. I mean, but someone I,
0: correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you probably yeah, I think are. think it's tilt at windmills. All right. Do you want to do baseball here? we got lots of hot no. talk coming up. including. No, hot, I want to do, do just Geek, two seconds.
1: Uh, yeah, we're going to do Carboneau, and I want to talk about the Jays, but I'm just going to do two seconds on Vasilevsky because okay. I saw people going, like, it should have been Kucherov, it should have been Kucherov. I thought CJ had the perfect ballot. Vasilevsky won, Kucherov two, Braden point three.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I If they had announced Kucherov winning it, I wouldn't have been apoplectic or been like, oh, God. And I know I am someone who cares about the position a lot, right? You can tell if uh, you listen to this show that – I often talk about goaltenders and narratives, and often when I think about series or whatever, I I look at goalies. Andre Vasilevsky has five straight elimination games with a shutout. Five. That's, impossible.
0: that's, a, that's five. not a possible thing that you can do, really.
1: That, I don't I,
0: believe it. I, do, I know it's true, but I do not believe
1: it. You and I had a conversation yesterday about how it's like, the Shohei Otani thing isn't a big enough deal, and it's actually kind of crazy that it's like a passing story where it's like, whatever, and then he's doing it. That's how I feel about the Vasilevsky stat. People were putting it, like, in the sixth sentence down in their articles about Vasilevsky, and they're like, and also he did this. It's like, that is insane that the last two games where his team's won series, won nothing games, where there was no margin for error, and he gives you nothing, and he's calm he's athletic, he's big, he's badass. He's the best in the world. No question. And that's why when Kucherov went up there and said the guy from Vegas, which was the best part of that entire thing, by the way, <laughs> it was way better than any other part when he danced on Montreal's grave. Nothing. Nothing was comparable to when he said the guy in Vegas in reference to Marc-Andre Fleury winning the Vesna. I actually sat there and went, you're right, dude. You're right. Why didn't Vasilevsky win the Vesna. They gave it to Marc-Andre Fleury as a Lifetime Achievement Award. You and I are both supportive of that. But at the end of the day, one guy at this point has already started to stack a resume where he can be on track at not even 27 to build one of the all-time careers. I think he's – I know people will say the Tretchyak thing, but this guy's going down as going to be the best goaltender ever from Russia, right? Yeah. There's just no way, like barring an injury. Uh, barring something flukish, he's going to go down at that. I just—he's like what you would create in a lab for the perfect goalie, and so I thought he was totally deserving. And from a historical standpoint, I just think that he, even though again Kucherov is such a good choice, and you have to compare him to guys in the playoff stats now with the Gretzky's and Lemieux. It's just that that was still a time where you had—they were going in that game. Who's gonna do what in the elimination game and Vasilevsky posted a shutout and you had to give it to him?
0: And it's why
1: Five Bunchers, in a row
0: it's gonna be a different looking Tampa Bay team next year, and they're gonna to have to remake that third line, and yeah. it's not gonna be as deep, and maybe you have to play the top two lines a little bit more. That guy's not going anywhere. No. And it's the number one reason hey, maybe manages minutes again during the regular season, but once playoff time rolls along, he's picked up every single win. Over these playoff runs, the last two years, he's uh, the
1: best player on their team.
0: Yeah, you—he you, you just won Con Smythe on a know, team with he's Nikita the, Kucherov, yeah. who has like the most points ever in a yeah. two postseason span, and Braden Point, who had scored in eight straight playoff games, and, and Victor. Now you, and, and you have the best defenseman, and you got the <laughs> best goalie. So yeah, I know they got work to do, and the half million dollars over the salary cap today, but they got yeah. Vasilevsky, so they're going to be fine. Yeah. And he's twenty-six. So now two teams since the salary cap have gone back to back. Pittsburgh Penguins and now Tampa Bay Lightning know how to celebrate Stanley Cups in different fashions. One without fans and one with lots of fans. Victory lap for the Tampa mayor, who got what she wanted. Got the slim loss in game four and the win at home in game five. Uh, let's talk to Hockey Hall of Famer Guy Carboneau, three-time Stanley Cup champion and uh, analyst, uh, joins the line right now. Guy, thanks for doing this. How's it going?
3: Uh, I'm doing good. Thank you
1: very much.
0: So we've been doing this with uh, with everybody talking about the, the Lightning. What is When you think back at this Lightning team and this era of Tampa Bay Lightning team, what is the defining characteristic you're going to think about?
3: Well, I, you know, I, I think uh, you have to congratulate Julien Vriesbaugh for doing the job he's done for the last, you know, four or five years. I think, uh, you know, obviously Edmund and guys like Stamkos and Kucherov were there before, but... You know, he was able to kind of bring some sandpaper. Uh, I think the loss two years ago to Columbus in the first round when, you know, everybody thought that the Tampa Bay Lightning was going to be uh, winning the Stanley Cup kind of hurt. And from that day, I think it's just, uh, it's been pretty amazing to see that team. Uh, they were a team that, acquire maturity and have a lot of skills that can win different ways and they actually proved it this year so
1: yeah i I think that it's going to be one of their lasting legacies is that they were (laughs) they yeah that they could win in a multitude of different ways right and that they were deep and this is something that we were talking about at the beginning of the show and we understand that nothing is going to change but you played on some really special Montreal teams and you played pre-salary cap and teams in, you know, the mid 80s that are just, you know, going to conference finals constantly winning Stanley Cups and you got another one in three, but just knowing that, hey, if you had a group that was committed different times, but you could keep these special teams together where fans know everyone on the team, right? And there's some level of permanence to these groups. Do you like where the game is right now? Where the NHL says what we're going to continue to do is flatten out the talent, flatten out the talent, flatten out the talent and avoid these special teams that either the Canadians or the Red Wings or whatever, that we're just not going to have these kind of groups that get to stick together or get to stay together for long runs. Okay.
3: Well, I mean, you know, I, I think they would like to see teams stay together for a long period of time, but I think the salary cap will, will deny that. And the fact that, you know, I, I think it's kind of normal. I mean, everybody that starts, uh, to play in the NHL, uh, I think wants to win, but also wants to make money. Uh, so, you know, I think there's comparable now. Uh, everybody look at the, the other side of the fence. Uh, you know, I think if you look back, Uh, not too far ago, like, you know, uh, even before, or, you know, even when we had the salary cap, I mean, uh, Mm -hmm. GMs were looking at teams and and say, okay, my window is uh, five to seven, eight years. Now, (laughs) it's two, three years. You know, I I mean, and and I think I like, and that's one thing that I like about what Marc Bergenet did this year. Uh, You know, when when he arrived in Montreal nine years ago, uh, he said it was going to build a team from the draft and, you know, uh, work with all the guys. And I, I think that's been tough, but, you know, this year, I think in the bubble last year, he saw something from that team and uh, saw that the window that he thought that was maybe three or four years from now was this year. So he went on and, and got to and Anderson and Edmondson and, uh, you know, Perry, and and we saw the results uh, in in the playoff this year. So I think it's something that you're going to see more often in the NHL. Uh, Team, you know, when they see that, you know, it might be their year, they're going to go out and and try to acquire a few guys to help them hopefully win the Cup. And then once in a while, you're going to have teams like Tampa that build it through the draft and, and through their system. But, you know, when you have success, uh, usually because you have good players and good players cost money
1: i know our bosses who <laughs> love nhl trade deadline day are all for that you know teams pushing into the deadline and yeah, having to go yeah. later and having more aggressive and uh, yeah. teams pushing in the middle i feel like montreal's in one of those tough spots right now where okay it's great you made it to a stanley cup final this team showed a lot of toughness there's a lot of promise in the cole caulfields and the nick suzuki's of the world and so Overall, it's a positive. But if I'm Bergevin, I'm going, damn, am I going to get that from Kerry Price again? Am I going to get this from my older <laughs> defense corps again? I'm going back into this tough division. And now fans yeah. look at my group and say they made it to a Stanley Cup final. Anything short of that next year is going to be a disappointment, and people are going to be calling for my head. Is that the temperature that you feel like in Montreal, or has this actually bought that group some time?
3: Well, I mean, you know, I think, you know, i talked to a lot of the guys you know that follow hockey for a long time and that's something that we're we're asking ourselves right now I think it's you know what they've done since game four against Toronto is pretty amazing um, you know I, I look at the, the regular season and they had a tough time you you didn't know game on like every game what which team was going to show up uh, and you know and then they didn't really start the, the, the series really well against Toronto and then uh, something happened after game four. Uh, they said the right thing. They did the right thing because, you know, it was a completely different team on the ice. Uh, that proved us that they had, you know, I mean, they had the talent, but, you know, they had the, the energy and, and the will to, to to play well. Now, you know, what's going to happen this summer? Uh, I don't know. Like, you know, is, is Corey Perry going to stay in Montreal for $750,000? I doubt uh, is uh, Eric Stahl going, you know, is going to leave? Uh, they're going to have to, you know, pay Dano. They're going to have to, what they're going to do with Tatar. Uh, they got to re-sign Suzuki and cut Kanemi and, and, and next year. Uh, a, a few things. And then, like you said, they, you know, they're going back to a normal uh, division where, you know, they have really good teams. So uh, is it the case that, you know, one year, like this year, they go to the fi- Stanley Cup final and next year they don't make the playoffs? Um, but if they do start the season well, and, and you can see a, a few young guys really play well, uh, I would be surprised to see Mark Bergeron make a few moves again to uh, try to build up this team and, and try to go for the Stanley Cup again.
1: Yeah, um, because it's, it's hardly not to... Give you a bad memory. It's like hardly your '89 team, right? Yeah. Where you guys right. lose the cup final, and then it's like, oh no, but you definitely keep it together because look <clears throat> at this roster. And you guys are there every single year where it's like, and we're back, and it's you in Boston, yeah. and then it's yeah. a Stanley Cup win. Like, that's a team that you knew year over year was eventually going to crack and eventually going to win and deserve to be there. And with this Canadiens team, I'm I'm really not trying to be disrespectful because any team that makes it there deserves it. But it's really hard for me to envision them getting back there next year or not taking a huge step. And if you ask me right now, hey, what's more likely, Habs in the second round of the playoffs or Habs not even making the playoffs, I would pick not even making the playoffs, which is wild <laughs> considering that they were just there. But, yeah, you're right. It, I guess it's I going to come down to a lot of two things. One is, hey, are you actually going to develop those young guys, as they said? But this is the you're the perfect guy to ask this to is so much of this Montreal identity was they're the shutdown team, right? Deneau was incredible. You're a guy who racked mm. up three selkies. When you see this Habs team, do you look at a group that is just special defensively, that's going to be able to continue this build off of this and, yeah, try and, and continue it into the following season with real success?
3: Well, I mean, you know, first of all, they got to sign the note, uh, you know, I, and I want, I would love to see the Canadian sign him. Uh, but, you know, there's rumors about the the, the, the amount that he's asking. Uh, and that's where I, I'm kind of, you know, I, I, I like him, but there's a number that, that I like him. You know, if you got to pay somebody too much money because you like him, uh, we're going to regret it in a few years. Like, you know, he, he's not he's not an elite guy like, you know, Patrice Bergeron, but he is really reliable on the ice. Um, so it, all those things, what are they going to do with Tatar? Tatar was, uh, you know, one of the best players for the Montreal Canadiens for the last two years. He hasn't played one game in the playoffs. So yeah. probably they're going to lose him. That guy needs to be replaced next year. And I know Cole Caulfield... Uh, did a really nice job. Uh, will, will he come back and be the same? Will Suzuki continue to improve? Will Kutkanemi, who is on and off, will uh, finally, you know, arrive to maturity? Uh, will Romanoff play on the regular side, you know, uh, roll next year? Uh, all those questions. You know, I mean, uh, the, the four guys that they had on, on defense, it was pretty amazing, but can they continue to keep them there at that price? Um, those are the other things that that there's a lot of questions that be asking and, and I'm kind of one of those guys too. Like, I don't really know um, if if they have enough to kind of make it into the playoff next year.
0: No, it's going to be tough. But here's what we yep. know. Uh, in the same way as the Leafs, but in a very different way, they don't care about the regular season because they know they just need to get in and yeah. they can do this again. <laughs> yeah. uh, Leafs, the same, same thing. It's going to be all about the postseason because they did the thing during the regular yeah. season. Talking to Guy Carboneau. And the other good thing is that, yeah, the the blue line is locked up. Like You don't have to worry about the blue line. You don't have to worry about the goaltending. Maybe performance, but you have the two goaltenders that you're going into next season. It's the forwards you got to work with, and you got about 15 million dollars in cap space. And it seems, Gee, like if if you're just you're looking at one aspect of the game that the Montreal Canadiens need to address, would it not be just more goal scoring? That yeah, I I suppose you lose that a bit of the defensive identity if you can't re-sign Deneau, but that the uh, the ability to come back in a game is just basically non-existent in the postseason for this
3: team. Well, I mean, they need game-breaker. Uh, you know, I, I think Suzuki has proved, uh, you know, since he's been in Montreal that he could become a number one or number two centre. I don't know if he's going to get, you know, 50, 60 points regularly or 70 or 80. Uh, that depends on, you know, what Kofi and guys on the wing can do. Uh, I think it's true that he can, you know, he, he can score goals but can also have a good vision to pass the puck. But, you know, we, we need you know, we don't have a Kucherov. We don't have a Braden Point. Uh, you know, I, I know not a lot of tees do, but, you know, it. it, it like you said, like you can play defense all you want. Uh, you still need, you know, they played well defensively last night, but they didn't score a goal. Mm-hmm. So in my book, you know, if you can't score goals, it, it's tough to win. Uh, you're never going to win a game if you don't score goals. So, <laughs> uh, you know, that that's something that, uh, needs to, to 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 you need to find one guy. I think you know Toffoli and Anderson can probably do it. Can they do it consistently? Uh, it's always the same question. There's a reason why those those guys sometimes don't stay at one spot. Um, but it's all questions that we're going to ask this summer, and that team's going to answer you know, when October comes.
0: Um. It seems stupid now, obviously, with the postseason he had, despite a couple of hiccups in this series. But there were serious questions about Carey Price during the regular season. Had a 9 one save percentage. Be honest, Gee, Were you having some of those same questions? Were some of those answered? Do you feel differently about Carey Price going into next season after the regular season he had, but then the postseason?
3: Uh, you know, I, I mean, I had the chance to coach Carey. Like, you know, he, he's somebody that's really calm, it, 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 you look at him and you think he doesn't care but he does uh, you know I mean you compare him to Vasilevsky when you see Vasilevsky's uh, his face during the game is so intense Carry's completely the, the, the opposite but uh, he's an elite goalie um, you know what I'm surprised is you know they, they every year they're trying to l- try to rest him so he's he's well rested in the playoff and, and mm-hmm. you know, I, my thing is like you gotta make playoffs every year. And so I mean he's 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 paid to be one your best player. So as much as like as much as possible you should see him on the ice. Um, you know, he's gonna have a little bit more help now with Jake Allen, but you know, I, I would like to I would like to see Carrie just like Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky doesn't wanna go out. Like he's played Big role, a lot of games, and that team has been pretty, uh, pretty good over the years. So, uh, but no, I'm not worried about him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that there was a lot of overreactionary stuff where people were like, "Oh, is this guy even playable?" No, pretty good. He's pretty damn good. He's still carrying <laughs> yes, price, yes. and yes. Uh, and I think we saw in a lot of these games how pressure manifests itself and that yeah you want to be able to have the guy who is cool calm and collected so yeah you mentioned it you coached Kerry. you played with arguably the greatest of all time in Patrick Roy. um vasilevsky now two stanley cups a con Smythe, yep. a vesna all at by age 26 um five straight elimination playoff games with a shutout are we looking at an all-time great are we looking at somebody who someday is going to be in the conversations of the greatest ever
3: well, I mean, time will tell, uh, but, you know, so far, if you look over the last uh, four or five years, um, I think you have to put his name on top of, you know, there's a lot of people that says that carries the best goalie. Vasilevsky, um, you know, uh, and, and, and there's, you know, there's always be somebody, somebody that says, okay, well, he has a good team in front of him. Uh, that helps. Yes, it does. But you know, at the end of the day, when you know, when you get thirty, forty shots, um, you, you need to make the saves. Doesn't matter what kind of team you have in front of you. So, you know, I, I think for me, Veselovsky is ahead of Kerry right now. Um, but if he keeps going it and, and 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 keep winning, uh, we'll definitely. Talk about him as one of the best. I wouldn't say ever, but one of the best in the last decade.
1: Yeah, I love when sports radio guys like me go, "Look at what he's done! Uh, <laughs> he's do- he's going so great! Is he going to be one of the best ever?" And then one of the guys who's the best ever, who's played on best teams ever, is like, "Hey, maybe we'll just wait. Like, maybe yeah. we'll wait and see if we can actually well, do the things that all the guys that I played with did." And you're like, "Oh, right, okay." Well, that's uh, a, we'll, that's we'll what wait.
3: you know. That's what good <laughs> players do. Like, you know, yeah. you. you you look at over the years, over the, you know, the, the 100 years, right. um, you know, you get guys that, you know, Wayne Gretzky, um, what he was able to do for a long period of time, Mike Bossy, what he was able to do for a long period of time, uh, all the best players, Sackick, Eisenman, uh, you know, all, talk with Mario Lemieux, uh, even Crosby. You know why do we talk about Crosby being so good? Like because every year he does the same thing. So for me, you know, uh, a great player is not somebody that has a good one good year or two good years. Is <laughs> somebody that has a great career. Uh, so you know, I, I know his career is not over. Only you know when he's done, we'll be able to look at it and say, you know, yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Patrick Waugh, by the age he was <laughs> yeah. uh, 26, had uh, three Vesnas, also had uh, <laughs> a, a Con Smythe and a Stanley Cup, and was on the other
1: so they could get up there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Guy, uh, this was great. Thanks so much for doing this.
3: You're welcome, guys, anytime.
0: All right, see ya. There's uh, Guy Carboneau, hockey hall of famer. No time to celebrate, Julian Briesbach. Get grinding away, get on it. You better be coming up with a plan. You got to gotta work on that three-peat, and you got work to do. You're over the cap. Three and a half million. Get grinded.
1: All right. You know what would be cool is every time the Stanley Cup was awarded that you could go to your Instagram and post a picture of you kissing the Stanley Cup like our next guest. I was like, yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool when you do that when you win the cup, you know, you walk around, you carry it over your head, and you kiss it, and you're like, I did this. Man. I did that. I thought that was cool. That would be fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, uh, Mike Cuda joins us, Stanley Cup champion, uh, letting you know about it. Former assistant GM with the LA Kings joins us online. What's going on, Mike?
2: Just, uh, just taking it all in. I mean, I, I, I mean, I watched it last night, and I mean, I always get very emotional. Like, even prior to, fortunately, winning the thing twice, when you see kids that you you know, when they just see the families and they get it, and they genuinely just turn into kids. And uh, and I always was interested in how the teams decided the order, who gets it, and stuff like that. But it was fun to watch. It wasn't quite as fun as Nikita Kucherov's press conference, but it was okay. Have you guys yeah. seen that?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, We led our show with how much we loved it. It was one of the greatest things that's happened in my entire life. I hate the Montreal Canadiens. I grew up a diehard Leafs fan. I've been hearing it from my Habs buddies this entire time. And then Kucherov took the podium, and he was basically my avatar, getting drunk and being like, yeah, look at their dumb fans. I was like, yeah. (laughs) I was like, yeah. That was my Stanley Cup, Mike. Whenever I see a Stanley Cup awarded now, that's going to be my post on Instagram. It's going to be drunk tarps off. Uh, Nikita Kucherov slamming Canadians fans. Like, that's my thing. But you're right, man. It's such a cool moment when it all happens. When you do get down on the ice and you have Matthew Joseph just losing his mind to Kyle Bukowskis And he's just, you know, freaking out and talking about being a kid, right? Because I think that's what everybody does is they revert back to those first moments where they made that dream. And all of a sudden, it's this reality. And it must just be overwhelming. Like, I, I... yeah, you you really cannot put yourselves in the shoes of guys like you who have done that and knowing that you're just going over everything that you've done to get to that point.
2: Yeah, the interesting thing about it guys is like, the first it mean the first time we'd kind of gone up every we were the eighth seed but we'd gone up every series uh three games to nothing. So and and then and then then the game that we had this that we actually clinched against New Jersey, we had a five nothing lead. So we had, like, scored four power play goals on a major in the first period um, on Rob Scuderi, and it was like everything's going through your mind because all you have is time, and it's like you're looking at that clock, uh-huh. and the fans are going, and that's when it really goes down, like, wow, I failed as a player. The door opened up again. I can't believe this, and, you know, what are you going to do with it? Who are you going to say? What do you take your friends? Like, everything goes through your mind from growing up, and the second cup was a double uh, double overtime uh, winner by Martinez, so it's a different reaction altogether because you're not thinking about anything other than if the Rangers score this next goal, we're going back to New York and we're in for a huge series here. So it, it, I just, it's an incredible feeling. I mean, anything about Kucherov though, he looks like he's going to be in that state for a few days. Like this doesn't look like a one-off. Like, <laughs> no. yeah, yeah, and it and it's it's worth it. I mean, Tampa, I always felt they were kind of robbed last year um, of getting that experience and being able to go through that. I know they had their little boat cruise with the cup and it's obviously special. You don't take away from it, but to be able to actually do it the way it's meant to be done and, and have your fans enjoy it and be able to pass around in front of your fans. That's really something I'm glad they got an opportunity to do it,
1: man. And not to mention if they only win that one cup, everyone's going, well, it's the bubble cup. They did it without fans. There was less pressure. They do this. They needed this one. am a team I'm sorry.
0: that the playoffs this year.
1: Yeah. I, I get that that's unfair and that's just a layman's take and that's oversimplifying things, but I'm just saying that's the way that it would have gone. You went from the team that was, well, the bubble team, the asterisk team, yeah. to you're the team of the you know you like as of right now i know it's early in the decade but it's hard to imagine another team coming through and beating this and one of the things we've been talking about mike is that this team is really special and they're going to be a little bit more special because of the circumstances right in that what was cap circumvention and what was hey people kind of you know bitching and complaining about that has now become i think anyways more an appreciation of getting to see a team where there are multiple very good lines where there are a bunch of good defensemen, one of them being a great defenseman, where there is a goaltender that is potentially at least at age 26 and now with a Vesna and two Stanley Cups and a Conn Smythe, going to go down as an all-time great, maybe even the greatest Russian goalie to ever play, that we're probably not going to continue to see stuff like this in the salary cap era. That it's going to be really, really hard and you have to, not pardon the pun, but like catch lightning in a bottle here. And one of the things I've been trying to figure out over the past few days is, of course, owners and everybody wanted to have this cap situation and blah, 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 blah. But how much there is within executives of the league, guys like yourselves, whenever the idea of you know a luxury tax system comes up or something that's closer to what the NBA model is where you can re-sign your own players and go above the cap and pay repeater penalties or anything like that, why we wouldn't want to have something like that in hockey – Why we wouldn't want to have teams that are special stay together?
2: Uh, Because it would just, and I, I get your point, but it just devastates small market teams uh, that can't do it and would never be able to do it. Uh, Whereas, again, now you get back to the the Red Sox, Yankees things with the Leafs and the, you know, the teams that are have endless pockets could just continue to. Succeed, and I think you could go back again because, it, it, as a Leaf fan, you'd be getting even more disappointed because when there was no salary cap, how they didn't find a way to win a cup with the amount of money they had during that era. Um, but no, I, I just don't think it's—I it, don't think it's fair to the smaller market teams. that will never be able to afford that, and owners will—you know—will never pay over the the luxury cap. But I see what
1: Screw you mean yeah who cares well, I know I know like why do we care, care as we much about you, you Arizona least... as Toronto like I just don't understand that plus if you have well, a luxury tax system it's supposed to funnel money to those small market teams so they make more they're happier and then maybe they do go for it like I just look at Tampa Bay they for they, example they never, they
2: never put it back in there they never put it back but Vinick if you if you hear like when you talk notoriously around the league uh amongst players Vinick is looked at as the the way they're treated and I mean I Mr. Anchutes was like that as well in Toronto I mean, I'm talking about as far as the individual owners, like not corporate owned. Uh, they're just unbelievable how they treat their team from top to bottom, and that's it reflects in the way, like it reflects in the way they play and the way the team's playing. the people want to go there. I mean, obviously, it's a, it, I mean, the weather and stuff like that. But that's a place people want to go in championships now. No, I know there was another owner. Like, There's another owner. I'm not going to mention who, but I mean, he didn't want to pay. Gene Melnick no he but he didn't want it that's good though he, he he didn't want to pay his uh for his comp tickets for his families in the playoffs like there's just certain things that you just that reflect and and that stuff resonates because the last thing you want in playoffs you want everything taken off uh, you don't want to have any your players just focus they don't want angry wives that didn't have tickets or kids can't get into games or stuff like that so you take all that stuff off and just go totally first class and give your teams no excuses and I don't know. I think I mean I'm sure you guys have talked about it, and I don't want to because I don't want to take away from what Montreal did because clearly it was special. But I still truly believe, and I'll go to my 0-3 Canadian prediction tomb, that the team best suited to take on the Tampa Bay Lightning from the Canadian division (laughs) went out in the first round. And I and uh, I mean you can look back now at how how you have to have luck, have to have health. I mean, it was one, the one post that gets hit here or there. Um, but, I mean, you take, you know, you go out and get Fellino, which I thought was an incredible pickup, and he's out. You know, you lose your captain, he's out. And it, it's hard, and that's why you look at Tampa Bay, that incredible depth. It was amazing last year that they did it without Stamkos. And, I mean, but you see how banged up they were. I mean, Kucherov by the end, forget about the being hammered out of his skull. It's like that last slap shot he took, you know, you can tell his ribs there's, there's problems. I mean, you got one guy skating around a broken where that team went through the bumps and grinds to get it done and uh it's it's incredible it's just incredible to see and great for the fans of tampa bay and i mean again i'd love for the (laughs) you guys would know the fans of i mean the majority of the young fans of the toronto believes have now shifted their thoughts to the game on sunday with italy (laughs) Mm -hmm. especially in the woodbridge area so hopefully they don't get let, let down again but it's uh it'd be really nice to see that leaf group do it but just as you guys said hey puts his face he's got to get to work yeah, Julian's got to get to work uh, so does so Kyle Yeah. So,
1: yep no and this uh, this is why we're talking about the cap today though Mike is because this has been kind of the perfect finals for me to discuss it which is you have this one team where It really took extraordinary circumstances for them to have this depth, and I love watching a third line. Like, and I actually feel like a lot of hockey fans do, where you do have Coleman and you do have Goudreau and those guys are playing that role. And it's a bit of a throwback to pre-salary cap, where you could have a team like that. And now I know those guys are going to go somewhere else. They're going to get overpaid. They're not going to live up to their contracts. And whatever market they do go to is probably they're not going to be the same amount of popular player, right? That's part of it. But the other side of it is, I feel the same way you do about Montreal, where I look at them and I say, dude, congratulations to you guys. You did great. Coming back against the Leafs, incredible. Stomping out Winnipeg, like, good job. Beating a Vegas team that no one thought you had a shot against, like, another incredible accomplishment. But that team's not special. That team's not incredible. That team's not... I didn't watch them in the Stanley Cup Final and be like, wow, I'm so grateful that we're watching this awesome team play here. I thought, wow, these lucky ducks got to this point, huh? And now they got smushed by a team that's actually good and it looked exactly the way that everybody thought it was going to go. And it's... And if the NHL doesn't tweak these things and if they just want to keep having this league, that's what's going to happen. We're just going to keep ending up with these mediocre, boring teams in the Stanley Cup finals. And I I just, I I can't see how that's going to be good for the long-term health of this game.
2: Oh, I mean, to to each his own, I agree that you also have enough, have to have enough talented players to go around the league that your third lines are going to look like that in multiple places, right? Like, that's a credit to the team that was built there as well. I mean, you look at some of the, play, like that, like the back end, the back end on that team. I mean, to, to each zone. I mean, when I was in that we we I dropped him in the second round. We traded him. We'd basically, and you talk about, you've got skeletons. We'd given up they, Well, he pulled a couple of bonehead moves on his own, like one flying home in the middle of the training camp. because His dad wanted him to come home, but irrelevant of that, we threw him into a trade for, uh, Uh, we put him in a trade for Ben Bishop as like a piece. And they had obviously done their homework and that's exactly the player that they've got now that we thought we were getting. And, you know, we moved him on and now he looks like a beast out there. So it's, uh, I've got to tip my hat and I do it as well because Al Murray, who's the director of scouting for the the Tampa Bay was basically who I replaced and, in los angeles after 19 years of him being there with dave taylor and you couldn't find a classier guy that worked harder and he basically he drafted kopitar and uh and quickie right so and then you know there was obviously some not some not great picks but those are two really foundational players particularly kopitar who really nobody had on their radar screen and he took him at number 11 and he's a franchise player. So now Al goes on and gets hired by the Tampa Bay Lightning, and he's the first guy I called. I mean, I called him last year, but he was locked in his basement because nobody could get out of the bubble. But I know this time he would have been on the ice. And, and a guy like that, as a hockey lifer, he just deserves that moment. And, and, and this guy, there's no secret that these teams, they got built. He's had such a big deal to do with the with his staff. And, and Julian Brisbaugh has done a great job as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, now the job gets, I don't know, harder just as hard because they're $3.5 million oh, yeah. hard- over the cap. It, it, and... It,
2: hard- and If I can just say, the one thing that it, we got caught up in the celebration the second time around, and it wasn't intent, but I mean, we literally the next like, we went so hard because Marion Gabrick, we probably pulled off what would have been the trade of the century because we got Gabrick for like a second round pick and then he scored like 17 and was, he did exactly what Marion Gabrick does on the last year of his contract and we in turn went out and in our euphoria rushed and gave him this massive contract that I think about eight teams are paying off now uh, he got hurt his first year back and it was just one of those things that we thought wow we didn't even take the time to that it was going to cost us Justin Williams because we couldn't afford Willie after we gave Gabby the money and it was just one of those things that you do uh, short-sighted and if we had walked away from it and said thanks Gabby you're wonderful. They're going to love you here forever, but you're not getting that long-term deal and long-term money here because we know you're injury-prone when you're on a long-term deal. And it's, right now, Julian's and he's got to make those conscious decisions moving forward. Like you think, Braden Point's contracts coming up, right? Yeah. And that's one thing I looked when I was looking at because they've got some incredible salaries, right? And I do agree, Vasilevsky's the best goaltender in the world right now. But you've got Kucherov on a huge deal, Stamkos on a huge deal, Hedman on a huge deal, and all these guys are worth it. Now, Braden Point, arguably, you could say is the most valuable out of all those guys right now. You could make an argument anyways. So it'll be interesting trying to keep everybody together, and particularly when you said with the flat cap situation, it's going to be he's got some work on his hands, and that's one team that I think Seattle's got to be licking their chops, waiting to get to the table and see what they're getting. So it'll be something to watch.
0: No doubt. And I, I don't know. I'm not going to ask you to tell me what the moves are because there's a, m- a multitude of them. And they have to, it's, it's not just like who do they bring back and at what money. They're $3.5 million over the cap. So they literally have to, and that's without uh, Goudreau and Coleman. Like those guys are just impossible to come back unless you free up tens of millions of dollars in salary cap space. And Tyler Johnson's only $5 million. Um, and again, like that, that guy played a valuable role in in your postseason. How realistic is it, do you think, Mike? Because the core is still going to be there. They're not getting rid of Kucherov. They're not getting rid of Stamkos, who I know isn't the same guy. In point, they're obviously not getting rid of either. And Hedman's not going anywhere. And the, uh, probably prime among them, Vasilevsky's not going anywhere. Are people talking about the demise of, of the Lightning a little bit premature?
2: Premature, because. Again, and I'd have to have it in front of me, but I saw some of the names. You know when the the, the big dogs leave uh, with the Stanley Cup and then they bring on the the, the Aces and they get to carry it? Yeah. There are some pretty, pretty valuable pieces there that were skating around that yeah. weren't even on the ice, right? So those are the kind of organizations that you think they're going to be around for a while. Uh, and they now know how to win. I don't think that's the kind of group that, you know, the coach seems to be such a, a likable disciplinarian that I think he's going to hold them accountable and – Hey boy, I mean now you basically start selling the three feet, right? And 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 all the part of history that can be. But I just think you're probably gonna. It'll be really interesting to see what Seattle does. I mean, you're probably gonna have to expose what and you, and he was outstanding in the playoffs, but just from an age and an injury history like a McDonough or something like that that you don't want to. Or even like I mean, Sarenac's just so much younger and 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 cap friendly. I don't as much as Tyler Johnson was outstanding, and I was so happy for him because he's kind of again it's like we talk about what cory perry did well cory perry was on waivers three times this year and nobody picked him up uh tyler johnson seemed like he was on waivers on a morning basis and he you know and he ends up being a a superstar story in the playoffs with those key goals so it'll be interesting just really interesting to see how the fans what who gets picked up and 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 how they go about doing it and in seattle Seattle's gonna have some really interesting decisions. Like I, I can't see Seattle taking Tyler Johnson on that contract based on how well he played in, in that in that small window. I think there's gonna be a bigger fish that goes. And I don't think I don't think Julian's gonna be in a spot like some of these teams did before where they paid huge tolls um to keep players on their roster. You know, like I mean I think Florida made the biggest they paid a huge toll to protect uh The guy that I think was they gave away Marcia Show and Riley Smith, I mean, to protect their current roster, and clearly those guys they were great players that they lost, so I think champions are gonna have to bite the bullet, mm-hmm. no they just they're going to lose a great player, and just next man up, we got some great young players coming as well
1: so now the question is is what these guys get though in free agency, right? There's three key guys that were all the the guys where it's tough. It's tough to put the dollar figures to. But Goudreau, Dano, and Coleman. What do you anticipate the market being for guys like that who are the types you really want in the playoffs? not going to fill the net as much as you would like someone maybe that's going to come in at that salary. All of them have these perfect playoff runs where, you know, you do have that stuff that you talked about with Gabrick in mind with some teams, right, where they're going to look at it and say, well, Tampa had those guys and they were key to winning, or Montreal had this guy and he was so key to them winning. H- how do you think it's going to shake out for all three of them? Oh, well, my, here's my issue with no and is it that- he, the guy's a
2: national hero. Like the Montreal fans want them to rename the Selkie after him, and he didn't score. I mean, there has to be a premium uh, put on off. If you're all of a sudden going to start looking at five, six million dollars, there has to be a premium on offense. Um, and there was no really no offense to be found. As much as it was defensively, it was amazing to watch what he did. I mean, that I think you can teach people a lot easier to do that for less money uh, than you can. You know, like Trevor Lewis, for example, for three, four years could skate around because he could really skate and he just didn't care about numbers and shadow people and shut them down. And Trevor was making like $1.5, $2 million. Um, that's a much easier task to accomplish than the guys that are going to, whatever Tyler Foley might be able to bring to the table. Now, Coleman's an interesting one because there is a history of numbers there and he's going to be valuable. I think someone's going to, Pay him a good. Goodrow is a mystery to me. I couldn't believe the trade when I invited Barclay Goudreau as an undrafted player to Los Angeles. So he w- we had first dibs on him and we threw him back in the water. Uh, he was playing for Stan Butler with the Brampton Battalion, mm-hmm. and uh, he ends up getting signed by San Jose and putting a nice career together. But I was in disbelief that they gave up a first-round pick for this guy Beca- again because he's a he's a mucker and a grinder. Right? There's a not. There's a history of not offense at the end, at least at the NHL level. And then you see him eat that puck oh, in the last shift there. I mean, that's, that's just stuff You just watch as a team and go, that's why we're going to get, that's why we're about to get to stand on the cup. And, uh, but that being said, there's a premium on that's what he does, right? Like if you're going to score, if you're going to score me seven, eight goals a year and block shots, there's got to be a premium on what that's going to cost you because I'm sure you can find somebody somewhere that's willing to eat a puck and mock it out, and it has got a, you know big body and stuff like that. And he was part; he's part of their identity. Like, look at this, Patrick Maroon, like mm-hmm. <laughs> just flips in every year and grabs a cup. I mean, I thought he was done, like when he left Anaheim. I thought he was done. And it's been a magical what he's done. I mean, at least from a fortunate standpoint. I mean, obviously with the family situation, but no, I just think you got to put a premium, and in, in, in order to earn the big dollars, there has to be an offensive. Premium that you're putting up a baseline for what you're scoring and numbers-wise before you get into a x amount of dollars. Like that's why the big the Hyman thing, right? Yeah. What, what is Zach? And I you know, he's one of my favorite players in the game. But what exactly is Zach Hyman worth? I mean, there's one he's probably worth one thing in Toronto, which I still yeah. truly believe that that's where he's going to end up. But hmm. how much do you pay for someone who's just just superior offensive talent? Probably gets banged up more than. Because he plays so hard, like I mean, in an eighty-two game schedule, the way he plays and blocks shots, there's a chance he's going to get hurt. So you just have to be so conscious of of paying bottom six players big dollars when there's players that can fill those roles.
1: Yeah, it's something that we've spent a lot of time talking about, which is everybody here loves Zach Hyman. He's one of my favorite players to watch as well, and just like everybody else loves. Those guys in Tampa Bay, right? They don't want to lose Barkley Goudreau, but that's what happens, and that's why, again, I can't stand the salary cap, is because they take the most popular players in the league and they basically turn fan bases against them as soon as they get any type of money because they're the ones that, are right, you can't really put the dollar figure towards, and you end up losing, and then they play up the lineup, and it's just this domino effect that's awful. Okay, before we let you go, we got the most important question that's yes. left here. All right? Bring it. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. Okay, this concerns so, me Bo. I will prep oh yeah. this, It this shouldn't concern you. It, you don't need any prep. This is not a, this is not a prep no. question. No. What are you microwaving and eating? I'm saying it's <laughs> potatoes. I'm saying potatoes. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, the reason why I say potatoes is because potatoes are tricky when they're leftovers mm-hmm. to get the temperature right out of the microwave. And then it's like you don't really know uh, no, we didn't do when it you're twice. getting them. Yeah, I, only heard beeping. I think he's done it 25 times. Like I feel like your, you yes. know, Mac microwave should, over there, you you're just see, like...
2: And I apologize for my lack of professional decor. <laughs> I'm putting together the most magical breakfast sandwich you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> breakfast <laughs> sandwich. sandwich. I was up so early. I was on the treadmill, and I'd never the yeah. morning. Just have a coffee, but I just came yeah. out. I've been doing bacon and eggs, and I thought, I wonder if they can hear this dude, dude, dude in the background. Yeah, you we guys can. never anything. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> what do you think you your blame, phone you just picks up you, all you to your blame, voice? Like, the you can blame the producer. You Like that. No, <laughs> well, it's my dad. My dad. My dad turns. Um, my dad turns 83 tomorrow, and oh, uh, happy uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm heading up uh this afternoon so I wanted to get some good groceries in me before we sit down and probably and probably have a few libations and talk about the background noise on my my interview with the good boys. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, incredible. Uh, I was uh, getting hungry. Yeah, yeah, no, I, cool. I thought it was breakfast a lean sandwich. cuisine or something, but yeah, no, but yeah. you know
1: what? Breakfast sandwich makes sense because like once you start, you, you're all in. You can't now be messing yeah. with the times. Like it's no. just that you're in it. Once you began, but you're like, in it.
0: What part of the breakfast sandwich is microwaved? That's a little. The bit bacon. Confusing. He's. I think your microwave. I,
2: I had to do the baking because I didn't yeah. want it to be loud in the background with a sizzling. Yeah. Good job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> good choice. yeah, yeah. saved yeah, it. Yeah, I, I saved <laughs> it. <could>, I <laughs>
2: Off for too long,
1: I apologize. <laughs> oh, good Mike. man. Well, happy birthday to your dad. Thanks for making yeah. time for us today. And yeah, okay. enjoy Thanks, guys. Uh, your great guys' drinks. See you, buddy. Okay.
2: Yeah. Have a great one. Take care, guys. <laughs> bye
0: bye. Mike Fuda, Stanley Cup champion, uh, all time breakfast maker. I, you know what, I do breakfast in yeah. breakfast sandwich in the microwave too. But you know what, I do is I do the egg. I, I cover the bottom of a bowl with a little PAM. You crack part. an egg into the into the bowl, put it in the microwave for 40 seconds and all of a sudden you got like a fried egg like you would get on on uh an egg McMuffin.
1: Yep. If anyone no. ever made me a fried egg in a microwave, I'd call the police. I I would call the police. <laughs> I I I think that's one of the most offensive <laughs> things I've ever heard. I'm not even yeah, joking. I no, you're... I don't know how I can Oh, do the no, show here you I'm are
0: good. like ruining like pans and like taking ruining? five
1: That's what the pan is for.
0: Right. But you're taking, I don't know, what, five minutes to get it preheated, and then you got to sit there and wait, and you got to flip it at the perfect time. You throw it in the, like, honestly. Okay, you have, you don't even have over easy. You just have sunny side up?
1: Yeah, yeah. I like it. Okay, you're a psycho. You're a psycho.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I like it runny too, but that's, I like it over easy. You got to flip it once. Over easy. No flip. No flip. But, and I also don't don't like over over easy on a sandwich. Yes, I know, because I'm talking about a sandwich here. You yeah, don't have a runny egg in a sandwich, you goon. No, that's the best
1: part. It's oh, all idiot. over the sand, though, <laughs> and you just eat it. So Do you good. have
0: a bib? Do you eat breakfast <laughs> with a bib?
1: No, I'm not disgusting when I eat like you, <laughs> where you can't eat. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Runny, runny egg Food's flying sandwich. everywhere. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh my you wouldn't know. You wouldn't yeah, never know. No, I wouldn't because yeah, I am Eggs in the microwave. Terrorist. Yeah. You're a terrorist. Like, eggs in the microwave. Good God.